morning, Hopeville. We're so glad you're here. If you join us for worship and stand, that'd be great. Oh, 
uh, you've certainly made the way, God. And Jesus, we thank you for being the champion of heaven, the champion of earth. We come back to this place to remind ourselves of these truths and to thank you for all that you've done and to praise you for all that we have in our lives. So we acknowledge you today as God, the one who's made everything. Jesus, the one who is the champion of heaven and saved us from our sin to make it so we could have eternity with you. And for the things that we're not very proud of today, we lay those at your feet and ask God that you would work in those things. Uh, we ask for forgiveness today, that we could be washed clean uh, in as white as snow as it says in scripture. And so Lord, uh, today in these moments of prayer, uh, we all have a lot of things on our hearts and on our lives and we lift them up to you and ask God that you would work and move in our circumstances and in our lives and in the ways that we're praying. We know that you answer prayer in your time, not in ours, so help us to be patient and help us to see you moving and working along the way and to be really careful to uh, give you honor and thanks and praise, especially when those prayers are answered. We love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, glad you're here, everybody. My name's Billy. I'm the worship pastor here. And um, we're going to continue on Friday night what we just did for the last 7.2 minutes. We're going to have a worship night this Friday at 7 o'clock. So come one, come all. Love for you to be there. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Love to have a packed house and uh, lifting up the Lord's name together and being refreshed. It'd be awesome. Hey, uh, while you're standing, uh, take a moment to do two things. If you have some room in your aisles, uh, what we want you to do is scoot in towards center uh, in just a moment and uh, say hi to somebody around you. We'll see you back in a sec. Thanks so much. Well, good morning again, everybody. I'm Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. We want to welcome you also, and uh, we especially want to welcome those of you who may be visiting with us this morning. Thanks for, for carving out a couple of hours of your Sunday to, to spend time worshiping God here with us today. I uh, just have a couple of announcements I want to make us aware of. Um, today, at, actually at 1230, um, in the venue, we are hosting a, a town hall meeting. The elders are hosting that, Pastor Dan and Cass Ferris, who is our chairman of our elder board are going to be uh, giving some church updates, and they're going to be answering some questions. Um, like Pastor Dan said last week, no big announcements are coming. This is just the elder board's commitment to try to communicate well with our congregation of uh, what's going on here around Hopeville. So town hall today. Um, also, Operation Christmas Child got kicked off last week. That is, it was uh, such an awesome thing that we get to be a part of as a church, filling these shoeboxes for um, these kids. So if you haven't grabbed a, a shoebox, grab one on your way out today. And also... Um, uh, there's three new uh, growth classes that are uh, starting next week. And so we, uh, we want you, if you've never taken a growth class before, it's an awesome opportunity for you to, uh, to grow in your faith. And so if you want to get more information about that, if you want to, um, I'm out of breath, holy cow. I'm out of breath, I don't know why. Uh, tired. We had a, a youth weekend this weekend and uh, no sleep, so I'm a little bit out of breath, tired. Woo! If you want more information about those classes, though, uh, you can stop by the information desk and you can sign up to do that. We're going to take our, our offering this morning. So as the ushers come forward, why don't uh, we go to God in prayer about that? God, thank you so much for um, just an opportunity to worship you and to come before you today. And God, I just uh, I thank you so much for the chance to partner with you 
and what you're doing in our world and what you're doing in our congregation, what you're doing in our community. So God, I pray that um, you would use these tithes and these offerings and, and this, um, these gifts that we give back to you to do amazing ministry in the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Sam. Hey, so um, we're going to sing a new song uh, while we uh, receive this morning's offering and while you give. Um, thank you for giving to the Lord here at Hope Vale. And um, this new song, uh, it's been uh, smoking me in a good way. It's got this line and it says, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? And geez, what a prayer. I feel like we could all wake up and say that every morning we get up. God, I am not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again, please? So Mike's going to lead us in this uh, tune, and uh, hope you're blessed by it. Let's sing along as we learn it.
forsaken. The Lord was in this place. Not for a have a seat. You know, I, I absolutely love the lyrics of that song that we just sang. I mean, I want you to, to listen to what we just sang to God. Just listen to some of these lyrics. As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness, your glory appears. And I love that. And then the powerful bridge 
that we sang, not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. You know, as I, I listened to this song this week in preparation for leading us to the table of Jesus to remember his death and resurrection through communion, I was reminded of something I actually read back this summer in my uh, personal time with God in the morning. Um, I was reading through Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet of God who, he had to speak many very difficult prophecies to the nation of Israel. Uh, but in chapter 62 of his prophecy, he actually, he pauses and he, he says a, a prayer for them. And this prayer is actually a promise from God to, um, to this nation. But what I loved about it was that I began to see that this wasn't just a promise that was for then. It was a promise that God actually repeats in the New Testament. And he repeats it to you and to me who are followers of Jesus. And so I wanted to read um, a little bit of that prayer that Isaiah prayed for the nation of Israel. And then I want to talk about how it, it relates to me and you. He said this, Isaiah chapter 62, sorry, verse 3. He said, the Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see. A splendid crown in the hand of God. Never again will you be called the forsaken city or the desolate land. Your new name will be the city of God's delight and the bride of God. For the Lord delights in you and will claim you as his bride. You know, one of the things that we're reminded of through communion is that for followers of Jesus, we are cleansed, we are forgiven, we're holy because of Jesus' loving sacrifice on the cross. And, and after um, Isaiah's prayer and prophecy, hundreds and hundreds of years later, the Apostle Paul would write a letter to a group of churches in the um, Ephesus area. And he would write to them about this sacrificial love of Jesus, but he would equate this sacrificial love to the sacrificial love of a husband and how they're to show um, his bride that kind of love. And he equates that as the, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, he writes in this letter to them, he says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And how did he show that love? Well, he showed that love by giving up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And so as we turn to a time where we can remember the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, I just wanted to remind us here today how deep the love of Jesus is for each and every one of us here. And then I also wanted to remind us back to that prayer that Isaiah prayed that God, that Isaiah prayed that God delights in you. God delights in you. And I don't know if you've ever heard that before. And maybe that's the very thing that you needed to hear today as you walked into this building, that God delights in you. He delights in you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. God delights in you. And so once a month, we, we gather here to remember that death and that resurrection of Jesus on the cross through this thing that we call communion. It's um, a, a chance where we get to, to remember the death of Jesus through taking a little piece of bread and a cup. And they're reminders, those things are to us of his great love for us, a love that we often say around here that it's free, but it was, it's not cheap. It came at a cost. So here at Hopevale, 
we would say this. We would say you don't need to be um, a member of Hopeville Church to participate with us in communion. But all that we ask is that you are a follower of Jesus, that at some point in time in your life, you came face to face with your need to be forgiven of your sins. And, and you have acknowledged that Jesus Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection accomplished that forgiveness. And you've made that decision in your life. And so if that defines you, then we would say we want you to participate with us. We want to remember, we want to celebrate together the death of Jesus Christ. But if that does not describe you, then what we would ask is that um, as the elements are passing by, that you would um, just let them pass by. And the reason we would ask that is not to single you out, not to point you out or make a spectacle of you. The reason we would ask you to do that is for two reasons, actually. It's first, out of respect for what we're doing here and for what the significance it holds uh, for those of us who are followers of Jesus. But uh, the second reason is just out of respect for yourself. We wouldn't want you to participate in something that it would just be empty and meaningless and just another um, religious ritual that you would have to go through because we're not about that here. We don't want you to just participate in empty rituals. Um, we want it to be meaningful. We want it to be significant. And so we would ask if that defines you, just kind of let those pass by. But I would ask you this. I would ask you to ask yourself to consider a question. And that question is this. As we've been talking about um, God delighting in you, as we've been talking about Jesus' death on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and his great love for you, I would ask you to consider, what does all that mean for your life? What does that mean for you? What would it look like for you to take a step of faith here this morning and consider that maybe God is trying to say, I love you, I delight in you, and I want you to come to know my son Jesus in a very personal way. There have been many people who have been in environments like this who hear messages like this, who said, I, I think I'm ready to take a step of faith. And so would you consider that question here this morning? And if you're a parent of, of a little one and that little one's here with you, we just ask you guys to use your discretion. Maybe they're ready and, and we would love for them to participate with us, but um, maybe they're not ready and, and we want you to kind of make the call on that. Um, but this will be a perfect opportunity to use this as a teaching moment if they're not quite ready to, to discuss with them. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is what it means. This is who Jesus is. This is what the cross of Jesus means. Um, so take that opportunity, maybe later today, maybe even you know, right here as, as we're doing this, you can kind of whisper in their ear and let them know what's going on. But use this as an opportunity to help share faith with the next generation. Uh, but we want to let you guys use that at your discretion. So as the ushers come forward this morning, as we prepare to take the bread, let's go to God in prayer. God, we, um, we just want to pause in our, our service this morning, and we want to say thank you so much for your son, Jesus. God, you have, have said in your word that you love us and that you delight in us, so much so that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us to have his body broken. And God, we don't ever want to take that for granted. And it's our, our response here this morning to take this little piece of bread as a reminder of the broken body of Jesus and remember your great love for us and remember his great love for us. And so God, I pray that, um, that as we do that, we would um, just show you how much we love you we want to say thank you for that in return. Jesus, same. Amen. On the night that Jesus was crucified, he was sitting um, 
with his disciples in an upper room, and they were gathered together celebrating the Passover meal. And a part of that meal was some unleavened bread. And Jesus, knowing what he was about to go and do, he, he paused the meal, and he picked up the bread, and he broke it, and he handed it out to his disciples. And he said this. He said, this is my body that's broken for you. As long as you do this, as long as you eat this and participate in this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray for the cup. Jesus, we come to this moment and we um, acknowledge your sacrifice on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. We acknowledge the blood that you shed. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So we remember that price. We remember how costly it is. But we're grateful for the grace that it extends. We're grateful for the love that it shows and how free that is. And so we say thank you and we love you and we remember your blood shed on the cross for us.
not enough unless you come will you meet me here again cause all I want is all you this to him. He said, this, this is the new covenant in my blood. As long as you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. God, we, we thank you for a moment like this where we can remember the death of Jesus on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And God, may we never um, take this lightly and may we never take it for granted. May we always come with grateful hearts. May we always come with thankful hearts um, when we remember the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. And God, now as we, we turn our attention to what you want to teach us today, use Pastor Dan and his words to help um, us understand who you want us to be and how you want us to fit in this thing that you call your church. In Jesus' name. first time we walked through Hope Vale Saginaw. Uh, it was big to begin with, but kind of felt right at home. Everybody's really friendly. From the time that we first visited Hope Vale, we just felt at home immediately, and um, we honestly never looked back. I think our car ride home, we thought, this is it. <laughs> yeah, so my Aunt Julie talked us into trying out over there on the uh, volunteering, getting in the coffee crew, and and we didn't want to do it just the two of us. We wanted to get the whole family into it and get the get the kids engaged with us if we're gonna get plugged in and try something. We wanted we wanted all of us to be a part of it. Starting out in coffee crew, in general, um, is a god thing because when we first came, I don't think any of us could have imagined ever being a part of the church, much less a huge church, and being up front and center, you know, serving donuts. So at the point that Bay City was opening up, we thought, you know what, they probably need a coffee crew over there too. Um, let's go get it off the ground. Let's, let's be a part of this. It was just, it was on our hearts to do so. Um, Scott said from the very beginning, let's let's be a part of Bay City, I want to do this. We, uh, you know, kind of forced the kids into helping <laughs> us or pushed them to come help us with the, the donuts and stuff to begin yeah, with. Sure. And, and you could see they were scared to be at the counter and didn't want to do anything. And then over the weeks, they just got more into it. 
through serving, we've even had the confidence to join community group and the things that I don't think we would have ever done prior. I thought, we don't have anything to contribute um, in a serving manner, especially four of us. You know, how would we possibly fit in in such a big capacity? And little did we know, it doesn't take rocket science to just pitch it. Because bottom line, that's what it is. It's just pitching it. No matter what needs to be done behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, um, around the scenes, there's always something to do and always someone who's willing to just have even moral support to do it. And that's what makes it fun. You know, it's so encouraging to hear Scott and Julie's story about their experience in serving here at Hopevale and how that experience has not only grown their faith, but how it has raised the spiritual temperature in their own home and the impact that's had on their kids. You know, these serving stories that we've been watching and listening to every week really have been a highlight of our Find Your Fit series this month and really taking all that we've looked at, all that we've talked about, and, and just made it so personal and practical. And everything I've been trying to say is exactly what you've just seen. Well, I'm Dan Davis, Senior Pastor here at Hope Al. Great to share this morning of worship with you. I want to welcome those of you in Bay City as well. It's great to have you along. Today, we are wrapping up our series in October called Find Your Fit. And before I get to the heart of this final message, I first want to recover some things that I brought up last week. And so, first off, I want to mention the cards that are on your seats that look like this called MyFit, and this is how you can access online our MyFit serving assessment. So MyFit walks you through different areas of your interests, your abilities, and your passions, and then it also leads to a spiritual gifts assessment that helps you discover how God has wired, of you, wired you. And after introducing this last week, we've already had around 200 of you go through this. So it's really been great to see your involvement. Now, the good news is this. We have a lot of gifted people here in the church. We really do. Uh, the bad news, though, is that when it came to possible serving positions in the church, 32 of you, your top, top recommendation was senior pastor. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, the launch of MyFit last week was a great success. Now, we're still working out some bugs, including some of those possible serving recommendations. But if you haven't taken a look at it yet, encourage you to give it a try. And if you have, thank you. And we just want to really help you discover your place of service here at Hope L and find your fit. Then in addition to the MyFit assessment, we have two other great opportunities today to help you in the discovery process. One is the ministry fair, and that's what this other handout has to do, a ministry fair that we are hosting in the lobby at both campuses after the service, where we have ministry leaders from different areas in the church who are involved and in, in just available to talk to you about how you can serve here at Hopevale. So anything from adults, students, 
kids, operation, outreach, welcome, worship. I mean, you name it, we've got people available. We also have these cards, if you're more in the shy type, that you just want to begin a conversation, that you can fill one of these out and drop it off at the Welcome Center after the service. We are just really trying to, you know, lower the barriers of people onboarding and getting involved. And out there, same thing, no pressure, conversational kind of way. We're just trying to take what we're learning in this Find Your Fit series and give you opportunities to get involved. The other opportunity then is later tonight from 6 to 7.30. And this is our uh, Sunday night spotlight event, 90 minutes, called Spiritual Gifts and You're Fit. Pastor Ken, Pastor Steve, Pastor Pete, and I will lead through an interactive teaching time on spiritual gifts. We'll also provide an opportunity to go deeper into the spiritual gifts assessment and even allow some of you who'd rather do it paper and pencil and give you that opportunity as well. We really think this is a great, great way to cap off the series. would love to have you join us. And if you will be joining us, you can sign up online, stop by the info desk as well in the lobby, and uh, we've got child care as well. And if you want to use that, just let us know that you'll be doing so. Well, at the end of last week's message, I talked about the ministry values we have here at Hopewell. Now, one of the five ministry values that make up our DNA as a church, is the value of shared ministry. The value of shared ministry, which says that we want to be the kind of church where everybody is doing something rather than some people doing everything. We want to be the kind of church where everybody is doing something rather than some people doing everything. And the reason we want that is because this is Jesus' heart for his church. It's what we've seen over these last three weeks of God taking the gears, placing them in the body, and interlocking them for greater kingdom impact, right? There are no second-class gifts. There are no subservient roles. Everyone's contribution matters, including yours, including yours. See, as we've seen throughout this series, it is the church where we find our sense of belonging. It is in the church where we find that sense of purpose. It is in the church where we discover our place of service. We're the same spirit who gives us these different gifts of equal importance, perfectly fits them together in the body of Christ for the common good for the common good of building each other up and bringing the hope of Jesus Christ to the world around us. After all, we are, as Paul says, God's handiwork. We're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do, to share, to spread these remarkable deeds of goodness, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. This is all part of God's plan for every person who knows Jesus personally as their Savior and follows him fully as their Lord. This is is what church is about. Your community, your purpose, your fit, and your joy. That's right, your joy. 
See, today on the heels of communion, I want to wrap up our series today by talking to you about the joy that awaits you when you commit yourself to a life of serving others. The joy that awaits you when you commit yourself to a life of serving others, a life of using your unique God-given gifts to help others by putting their needs ahead of your own, just like Jesus did for us. Now, to say out loud, right, that serving other people, that this is the pathway to joy, sounds absolutely crazy, doesn't it? Ridiculous that somehow setting aside your needs, your wants, your dreams, your desires, your comfort, your convenience, all of that would somehow wind up bringing you joy? I mean, that doesn't make sense. That flies in the face of every persuasive message we hear out there and every internal feeling we have in here. And yet that's what we're told in Scripture. We're told in Scripture that's what we see in the life of Jesus and all that he modeled. I think of a New Testament passage from the book of Hebrews that spells this out. These are words written to Christians who are going through some really tough times, who are facing a lot of outside opposition because of their faith in Jesus. So much so that some were bailing on the church. They had enough. It was too much. While others were teetering on the edge. And so to speak life and hope and encouragement into the lives of these Christ followers who were still hanging on, the writer of Hebrews says this, let us, as followers of Jesus, Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Let us run with perseverance, a reminder that the Christian life, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so we fix our eyes, we lock our attention onto Jesus, who, verse 2, for the joy set before him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for the joy set before him. You know, you read this passage and you think, boy, one of these things is not like the other, right? Enduring the cross, scorning its shame, and yet plopped down right in the middle of there. The last word we would expect when you think of all that Jesus went through is the word joy, joy, and yet there it is, there it is. Not because the cross was fun by any means, but because Jesus knew that our deepest fulfillment could only be found in carrying out God's will for our lives as we serve others wherever that might take us. And to trade that in for some lesser thrill only means giving up on the capital L life, right? That God has in store for us. Carrying out God's will for your life. Serving others in his name, that is where the joy is found. So for Jesus, it meant enduring the cross. It meant the physical and emotional agony of crucifixion. It meant scorning its shame, the temporary humiliation of the moment. And all this happening in the face of real and painful temptations. Just like Jesus faced years earlier in the wilderness when Satan wanted him 
to trade in everlasting joy for temporary pleasure. And yet all the way to the end, Jesus remained committed to serve rather than being served, to serve, to give his life as a ransom for us. And in return, God, his heavenly father, raised him from the dead three days later. And then 40 days after that, Jesus ascended into heaven and he was given the greatest place of honor and joy at the right hand of the throne of God. And so this same Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the one who is both our savior and our role model, he invites us to do the same. To do the same and to live a life of serving others. And that as we do, our Heavenly Father has for us both a strengthening joy for the journey and a supreme joy at the finish line. When we run with perseverance, a strengthening joy for the journey, but also this supreme joy awaiting us at the finish line. And so let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? Our pioneer, he's the one who showed us the way, our perfecter of faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so as we think, right, as his followers, of following in his footsteps, of continually making the choice to serve others by using our unique God-given gifts to help them by putting their needs ahead of our own. I want us to see even more clearly where this joy comes from, the joy that God promises us in this life of serving, and to do so, to, to look at these joyful rewards that you and I can experience when we remain committed to serving others with our lives. Specifically, then, there are three areas of joy that I want to talk about. Three areas of joy in serving. The first is this, the joy of God's glory. The joy of God's glory, that when we use the gifts we're given to serve other people in the name of Jesus, we bring glory to our God. We bring glory to our God that as Christians have affirmed for centuries, our chief end, the reason we're even here on this planet and the reason why Jesus died for us is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The joy of God's glory. In the New Testament book of 1 Peter chapter 4, the apostle Peter points us in this direction. Now think about this. This is the same Peter who early on with Jesus thought he was a somebody. He thought that being with Jesus would lead him to a satisfying life of power and prestige. But when Peter's plans started to unravel, when he denied Jesus three times, that somebody turned into a nobody and his life was marked by failure and by shame. Thankfully, Peter's life didn't stay that way because our Lord poured out his grace upon Peter. And Peter became this shining example that God can use anybody. Anybody, even a once former quote-unquote somebody who messes up so badly that they think they're forever doomed to be a nobody. And I tell you that story because just like Peter, that may be your story as well. Feeling like you've been cast aside, feeling like you blew your shot, feeling like, you know, there's not a place for you. Listen, God is in the reclamation business. 
God is in the turnaround business. God is in the second and third and fourth and fifth chance business. That is the story of grace. And Peter knew that feeling more than anyone else. And so to everyone who has experienced the amazing grace of Jesus Christ, which washes away that guilt, that failure, that shame, Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you, speaking to Christians like we saw last week. Each of you should use whatever your gifts you have received to what? To serve others. To serve others as faithful stewards. You know what a steward is? A steward isn't an owner, right? They don't own what they have. They just manage what's been entrusted to them. And that's our gifts. Our gifts aren't ours. They've been given to us by God, right? And so we faithfully steward them as God's grace in its various forms. And so when it comes to our spiritual gifts, you know, so we think about serving, it's what I said last week, that the grace of God not only saves us from our sins, but the grace of God also sends us into service. And that as we use those gifts to serve others, we become channels of God's grace. It's incredible. For the dry, parched, thirsty souls of the people around us, those desperately seeking renewal, refreshment for their lives in in ways they can't even put into words. God can use us as channels of that grace. This is the power of serving other people. So, verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. I think Peter gives us an example of those who might be more upfront in the speaking kind of roles or singing kind of roles or leading worship kind of roles, or those who are in more behind the scenes in the serving kinds of roles. But what people do is secondary to how and why they do it. So back to verse 11, here's the punchline. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. Why do we serve so that ultimately God may be praised through Jesus Christ? Because to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Can we just take a moment and let what we saw here sink in? To him be the glory and the power forever and ever, amen. I want you to think about this. To think that mere mortals like us, so flawed, so imperfect, so selfish at times, that we could actually do something that brings praise and glory to our God. It's incredible. What an honor, what a privilege, really. Listen, there is nothing else that you could possibly accomplish with your life that is so sacred and so significant as this. Incredible. There's no amount of fame, fortune, fleeting pleasure, or anything else that could come even close to fulfilling us like a life committed to serving others. The gifts were given for the glory of God. Because when we get to the end of our lives, when it's all said and done, this is what's going to matter most. This is what's going to endure for all eternity. That there is a joy in serving because there's joy in bringing glory to our God. That's the first joy. Here's the second. It's not only the joy of God's glory, but it's the joy of their good, the good of others. 
That God has wired us in such a way that we experience a deep sense of joy, meaning, fulfillment, and purpose when we do good for others. It's true. It really is. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Because it's something we've all experienced before, that indescribable feeling, that rush, that high we get when we help someone else and to do so, as we like to say around here, with no strings attached, right? That we help someone not because we're looking for the payback, not because we're looking for the recognition, not because we even think that what we do is automatically going to change their life, because sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. No, we do it simply out of the overflow of a grateful heart for the grace we've experienced. We do good for others because the grace we've experienced is the same grace we express to others in a pay-it-forward kind of way like we've seen in this series. And so I think of the words of the Apostle Paul when he's talking to a group of Christians. He's talking about his own motivation for ministry, that in the book of Acts, He says this, that in everything I, Paul, did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak as we serve. We must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than receive. It is more blessed to give than receive. Now, we hear that saying quite a lot, and we tie it to, you know, financial giving and the use and sharing of our resources. And while it does apply to that, It's really much more than that because it's not just, you know, stewarding the treasure we have. It's stewarding the time we have. It's stewarding the talents we have. That when we give of ourselves in the act of serving others for their good, we experience a blessedness from God that cannot be put into words. And again, we're not doing it for the blessing, but it's okay that we can find encouragement in knowing that God does see, that God does reward the service we do for the good of others, even if nobody else is paying attention. Actually, I think that's one of the main reasons that God has given us the church. Why God has given us each other, that we would remind each other about this pathway to joy in doing good for one another. As a matter of fact, that's the very heart of Paul towards the end the book of Galatians. That he's warning us as Christians not to fall into self-serving habits, but rather to encourage us to be a people of love and life and serving others with their good in mind. I love these words to just, that, that Paul shares with Christians, that he shares with us in Galatians 6. He says, let us not become weary. Do, do you notice the, 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 the theme, the tie? You know, we talked about perseverance earlier. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. That, you know, the impact work, that's up to God, right? We do the good, we sow the seeds, we let him, you know, bear the fruit. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us what? Let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The heart of a Christian, the mark of a believer should be doing good for others. And as Paul says here, it starts in the family of God. It starts in the church. It starts with each other, but then it spills over from there beyond our four walls and into the community and the lives of others that we serve as well. Incredible. There is joy that is to be found in serving other people for their good. And then finally, the joy 
of your growth. The joy of your growth. You, you want to be the best possible version of yourself? You, you want to reach, you know, what do people say? Maximum potential, you know. Then follow in the footsteps of Jesus and serve others. Follow in the footsteps of Jesus and serve others. It is no secret that people spend billions of dollars annually in pursuit of their own personal growth and development. So whether it's the fitness industry, the fashion industry, the beauty and cosmetics industry, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, right? The list is endless. Everyone is chasing after something they don't presently have and they will do whatever it takes, spend whatever it costs to find it. And yet the secret... The secret we're all chasing after is right before our very eyes. It is in what we give. It's not in what we get. And so even those, you know, outside the church, they understand that volunteerism can be personally transforming. They do. Take, for instance, what I read in a recent article from Forbes Business Magazine based on scientific research from places like Harvard and Stanford and the London School of Economics, they said this, they discovered that volunteering your time actually makes you feel like you have more time, that volunteering your skills helps you develop new skills, that volunteering your body helps you have a healthier body, that research says those who volunteer have lower, lower mortality rates, greater functional abilities, and lower rates of depression later on in life compared to those who do not volunteer. And then volunteering your love makes you feel more love. Again, researchers found that the more people volunteered, the happier they were. Volunteering builds empathy, Volunteering strengthens your social bonds and connections with others. Volunteering makes you smile more. All these factors that increase the feeling of love. That is what the research says. But really, all that research, they're just rediscovering what Jesus taught. It's what he told us 2,000 years ago in Matthew for whoever, Jesus says, wants to save their life, right? Wants to chase after what they think is going to bring them joy, meaning, and fulfillment, will lose it. But whoever loses their life, right? Instead of living for their needs first, sets those aside. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Will find it. In other words, the thing that you're trying to chase after is the thing you will never catch. And so Jesus says, you want these things? Joy, meaning, purpose, fulfillment. You want to become a better version of yourself? Then what does he say? He says, die. Lose your life. Give it in service of others. And follow me. Follow me. Put the needs of others ahead of your own. Do whatever I call you to do. And when you do, you will experience the capital L life that I came to bring. And I got to tell you that as a guy who has been doing this pastor thing for over a couple decades, the people I'm most attracted to, the people that I most admire, the people who inspire me, the people who I look at and say, yeah, I want to be like them when I grow up, you know, they're the people who serve. They're the people who don't make everything about themselves, but keep deflecting and pointing to other people. I mean, those are the ones we're drawn to, Right? So don't buy the lies of our culture. Don't buy, fall prey to the seduction of self-promotion. That's not where life is found. No, life is found when it is not about us. 
Really? When we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus, when we can use our unique God-given gifts to help others by putting their needs ahead of our own. That's where the joy is found. The joy of God's glory, the joy of their good, and the joy of your growth. That's why we want you to find your fit. You know, this has been a tremendous series for us as a church, and while this is the end of the last message, I feel like it's just the beginning of a journey. The beginning of a new era of belonging and purpose and service and joy for the people of Hopewell. I really do, and that includes you. It really does. And what I love about our church, here's what I love about our church, is that everything that I've talked about these last four weeks, this isn't about getting you to start something you've never done before. No, I love and we celebrate a wonderful servant culture here at Hopevale, where so many of you get this, you really do. But beyond celebrating, I also want to challenge us not to settle on what we've already done, but to keep on striving to do even more of those good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And so with all that in mind, as I wrap up, I want to share with you a special Hopevale number with you. Okay, I'm going to give you this number. And then we'll wrap up. Here's the number, 57,500. 57,500. Any guesses what this is? This is not the number of donuts consumed on both campuses annually or the pounds gained as a result of consuming said donuts. No, here's the number. The number is this. The total hours served this past year by the church in and through the ministries of Hopevale. That's you guys. Yeah. 57,500 or a little over 1,100 a week. Kids, youth, adults, outreach, worship, welcome, operations, administration, leadership, mission projects, endeavors that happen beyond the four walls of our church. This is it. It is incredible. And, you know, guys, I just want to say way to go, and I just want God to get all the glory for this, because this is what church is all about. It really is. But what if, looking ahead, God had another number in mind for us? A different number that maybe next year's number is even higher, because even more people have gotten involved in serving. Or maybe the number is not about more hours, it's just about better hours, because even more of us are finding our best fit. Or maybe that number is about something else, about others served, about lives changed, about marriages mended, about families strengthened, about communities impacted, because that's what happens when we serve. That's what happens when the church is at us best. So, Here's the encouragement, here's the challenge. Let us find our fit. Let us use our gifts. Let us serve other people. And as we do, let's stand back and watch God work. Let's pray together. And God, that's our heart. As those who have been rescued through so great a sacrifice that we've celebrated today. 
by your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We live these lives of grateful response to follow in the footsteps of our Savior, Jesus, and to serve others as he has served us. God, thank you for this church called Hope Vale in Bay City, in Saginaw, and wherever it takes us. And God, we do want to be the kind of church that shares the ministry, that shares the service, where it's not just a few people doing everything, but everybody's doing something, where they found their fit, where they're using their gifts, where they're serving other people, and we're watching God work. And so, Lord, whether it's filling out a card, talking to a ministry leader, learning more and discovering their spiritual gifts, or just trying something, God, lead each one of us into this pathway of life to use the God-given gifts we've been given to help others by putting their needs ahead of our own, just like you did with us, Jesus. This we pray, and as you lead, we want to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. I told Pastor Billy earlier this week that when I'm scheduled on a week to sing, it's the highlight of my week. And it's not because I get to be up here, it's because I'm using the gifts and abilities that God's given me to serve. It's because I found my fit. It's because I'm running the race that he's laid out for me in the lane that I'm supposed to be in. And it's an awesome thing. It gives me so much joy. And I just want to encourage you this morning, find your fit. You will not regret it. Serve. Give your life for other people. You won't regret it. You will be filled with joy. So will you please stand and let's close the service today singing this song together.
Aspirational that is. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ calls us higher, calls us deeper. And we thank Him for all the progress we've made, but it challenges us not to settle, but to keep striving and to run the race perseverance. It's been a great Sunday. It's been a great series. I want to encourage you to stop by the tables out in the lobby or engage however you need to with finding your fit here at Hopewell. Next week, we'll celebrate baptisms together as a church family, but as you go from here, may you go wherever the Lord leads you. God bless you.